0: This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM.
1: From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School,
2: this is Marketing Matters on Business Radio. Hello, and welcome. You're listening to a special edition of Marketing Matters here on Business Radio Sirius XM 132. I'm Barbara Kahn, the Patty and J.H. Baker Professor of Marketing, and today we're going to talk about what Halloween 2020 looks like for a candy company. It would make sense, candy and Halloween, they've gone together for a long time. And let me introduce my co-host, Professor Americus Reed, um, the world's only brand identity theorist, Hello,
1: Americus. Hi, Barbara. So you know what? It's going to be October in a couple days, and uh, that does mean that in terms of events, Halloween is looming. And in my neighborhood, West Philadelphia, Barbara, we we have every year a big, famous outdoor parade, Halloween parade that closes down several of the streets and creates a parade route where the kids can walk and get candy through this parade route. There's bands, there's singing and dancing. And unfortunately, it's been canceled. So, you know, it made me think a little bit about, wow, you know, what are the candy companies doing in this sort of new world order that we look at? Like, what what does Halloween look like for them? What do candy sales, what are they going to project it to be? All of these kinds of things. What's the marketing pivot that's going to be required uh, in this sort of a new October that we're gonna be seeing. Have you got anything for me that could help elucidate any of these issues?
2: You know what I think would be really good is if we could find some representative from Pennsylvania's own Hershey's oh. company. Ooh. One of, I think that, that might be the first chocolate company on earth as far as I know, the Hershey right. company. Mm-hmm. And lucky for us, we have the Senior Marketing Director of Seasons Partnerships and Occasions with us from the Hershey Company, Mr. Alex Cochran. Hello, Alex. Welcome to our show.
0: How are you? Good afternoon.
2: So, is Hershey's the first chocolate company in the in the world?
0: That is a good one. In the world? I would say absolutely <laughs> not. In the U.S., certainly the, the first to bring chocolate to the masses in the U.S. You know what's interesting? A lot of,
1: I was just going to say what's interesting, from Alex. From the Europeans. Mm-hmm.
0: What, what's interesting
1: is it's first in my mind, which is telling me, <laughs> Alex, congratulations to you and your colleagues, because in terms of just the perceptual map, the psychological space that's in my brain, share of my mind, it is absolutely an amazing company. So we're very excited to have you here.
2: Thanks. So, I mean, one of the things, before we get into Halloween, and it's surprising to me that during COVID, people aren't just eating nonstop candy, I wouldn't I don't understand why anybody wouldn't do that. That would make sense for me as a response. But as I recall, this may be maybe an urban legend, it may not be true, but what I thought I remember about Hershey's, it was it, Hershey chocolate is so well known and the word chocolate and Hershey go together so well that for a really long time they never advertised. Is there any is- truth to that?
0: in the in the early years um, from a Hershey perspective in fact the, the the belief is that Milton Hershey didn't advertise but he was actually a master marketer and through the way that he either promoted or the way he delivered chocolate ultimately billboards trucks word of mouth he was actually a master marketer but it wasn't until the late 1960s that traditional advertising became part of the marketing mix
2: interesting. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, tell us how you came to Hershey's. Uh, what's your background in candy?
0: Sure. Actually, I started as a as a packaged goods marketer working in healthcare marketing. And I came, um, you know, after doing that for six or seven years and corns and calluses and all those kind of things, there was an opportunity for the Hershey company. And at that time was taking a new direction. This was in the early 2000s um, and really going from more of a sales driven Uh, organization to a brand driven organization. And as a marketer, uh, that was extremely exciting. And so I had an opportunity to join at that period of time. And I'm coming up on almost my 20th year in America's best chocolate and candy brands. And Mm -hmm. now I'm involved in seasonal celebrations for many years. And uh, it's a great place to be. Consumers love our brands. um, And they love this category.
2: So you said seasons, and we are going to talk about Halloween, but just before we get into all the issues with Halloween, so you do seasons. So you must do yes. Easter, Christmas, um, Halloween. Are those the seasons?
0: The, those, are, those are traditional seasons, and in fact, we have, a, we have a summer season as well. So we look at the, you know, Valentine's, Easter, summer, um, fall, um, Halloween, right through holiday. So there's pretty much a season going on from a candy perspective all year long. <laughs> oh,
2: I see. And are there really big differences between the candy we eat at Easter and Halloween and Christmas?
0: There there are. The you know, the I know the Halloween that we're gonna talk about today is maybe the one season where consumers um interest is is really to have the candy wrapped and it doesn't have to be that different, wrapped in a in a safe way that they can give it out. But if you look at all the other traditional seasons, it's really the role that I have and my colleagues is to take the everyday candy we have and bring it into the season in a way that, um, that makes it special for the way consumers use it. So if you think of your holiday candy or Easter candy, it's ra- I see. I see a hand being raised.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I'm, that's really funny. I'm actually just communicating with my co-host uh, Alex so that I can jump in because I'm super excited about what you're saying. And I wanna just get a real quick blur before you continue your thought there. How was how the summer season candy sales wise for for the for this product category, it, it, did COVID have any impact, a uh, positive or negative, on increasing or decreasing sales?
0: Yeah, so COVID uh, the two separate answers to that. The summer in general is one of the lower periods of time for the category. COVID has brought unique behaviors around candy and especially chocolate candy. Mm-hmm. So we double digit increases of our candy uh, throughout the summer and right into Halloween as consumers are spending more time at home. And candy's playing a role, whether it's in the candy dish, baking, having friends over in the backyard, s'mores, you name it. Candy's playing a real central role to the behavior consumers are having right now.
2: Okay. So before we got off on that tangent, which is interesting, but I just did want to hear the, I'm a huge candy person. So Me I too. want to hear everything there is about candy. <laughs> yes. um, and I was curious, you were finishing a thought, and I kind of just want to hear the end of it on the difference between Halloween candy and Easter candy. And yep. like, I was curious about all that. So, so, right. so what are Not some of the different thoughts absolutely. you had
0: so there? It, everything that we do, we're occasion based marketers. So we are, we are, understanding what the consumer behavior is that anyone sees and then trying to line our candy up in a way that makes sense. So I'll use holiday as a great example where the consumer um, you know, has treat for me or candy dish that we call around the house where they want candy that speaks the season to them, whether it's a flavored candy or a wrapped candy. They also want candy that's decorative because it can be put in a candy dish, you do crafts with it. But then they also want candy that's special for gifting, whether it's to those in their family or to, or to colleagues or friends. So the requirements for candy allow us a lot of uh, flexibility to be creative, whether we wrap it, we shape it, we put it in great packaging, we flavor it. Um, there's so many different things that we can do to br- bring relevancy back to our brands in each season.
2: Uh, so, uh, and we'll get to Halloween, but that, now Halloween, I'm forecasting how COVID's going to change everything. What you're suggesting about candy, which is great because I do, I like to eat, Easter candy and Halloween candy, and I love all the different packaging and I like the new, new, new. But that also makes it um, perishable and it makes inventory a bigger issue. So you really have to forecast how much candy is going to be produced for each season when you do tricks like that, right?
0: Absolutely. And in fact, we communicate a season a year ahead of time and we start taking orders about six months out from the season. And you know, at some point, and we're talking, you know, in the hundreds of millions of dollars for each season. Um, so yeah, no, you have to, you have to make to order, especially for that when the product is seasonally dressed that we like to call it. So we have a very, very good process of really understanding where the demand is and being able to provide what we think is the right amount of product for the demand. So you don't have leftovers, et cetera, in the marketplace at the end of the season.
2: Yeah, because I do buy, uh, you know, after Easter candy at half price, and I just load up on it then, too, when it's not perfectly forecast. So that must have yeah. been a now getting into Halloween this season. If you plan this a year in advance, you couldn't have known COVID was coming for this season. So how has that messed up your forecasting? Or maybe it hasn't.
0: It, it, as, as you said, it, let's just put it this way. It's made it a very interesting year, but a, mm. but a couple um, that were really helpful for us. If you think about the timing, um, right about the middle of March, we were in our Easter season and COVID hit. And the last two weeks of Easter, there was a national lockdown when mm. 50% of candy sales occur. But what we found is our sales were only down 7%. So mm. the consumer found a way to, to buy their product because they wanted to celebrate with their family. And so the reason I tell you that is, We were just about to finish the seasonal orders for Halloween and we were able to use some of the insights we had from Easter to work closely with our retail partners, but we were also able to think about things that we might want to adjust that allowed us to better uh, work with our retailers around the dynamics um, of of COVID. So for instance, in Halloween, there's very large assortment bags. Uh, We were able to work with some retailers to dial back to slightly smaller assortment bags, and in some cases to take the seasonal graphics off mm. because new from COVID, those things will work, will work for Halloween, but they'd also work for stock up behavior that we're seeing during COVID.
1: And so what I think is interesting here, Alex, is also to talk a little bit about you mentioned that the package pivot was something that was something that was done pretty quickly in anticipation of what Halloween season is going to look like. Were there other other changes that were made in terms of the product, in terms of anything related to the product that you yeah. thought was so necessary. Speak on no that a bit.
0: nothing. No, we didn't really make um, a couple things. We did not make any changes to the product itself, and and that would usually take a much longer lead time. Mm-hmm. But we were able to change um, the size of the bags, um, uh, the type of product that consumers uh, were purchasing overall. So as I said, we traded down from larger bags. In some cases, we went away from the seasonal graphics. So uh, it wasn't a dramatic shift, but the reason we were okay with that is that we had great visibility to what was working under COVID conditions. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It was really lined up with what are the same key drivers uh, for the Halloween season as well.
2: So this goes back to what America's was asking you over summer, and I know you shouldn't generalize on one person, but... Me, if I look at my <laughs> own behavior, I have definitely eaten more candy mm-hmm. since COVID started. Me too, me too. Um, and I wonder how much that generalizes.
0: You no, know, I, I think it, it's, it's not a generalization at all. Your, your behavior is very consistent with the masses where because you're potentially spending more time at home and more time with your family, mm-hmm. uh, in categories, uh, which chocolate is part of, have, have seen a very nice lift. And we are seeing not only more candy come into the household, but more candy being consumed in um, traditional ways and then ways like baking and movie night, et cetera. Mm. Ah, One for the family to stay together.
2: Okay. So, so that, that's like the business side. Let's talk about the fun side now. So Halloween is, is a fun holiday. I mean, it's yeah. all about trick or treating. It's all about kids. It's about parties. Like America's was saying he had this big parade in his neighborhood. Like, So what are you guys going to do to keep the fun
0: in our lives? Yeah, so, you know, and I'm glad you used the word fun because of all the seasons that we market against, Halloween is the one that's seen as the most fun, and it's also seen as very stress-free because some of the traditions that guide it are a little bit looser. You know, you don't have to worry about grandma coming over for a meal at holiday and a certain type of recipe. You can define the season your own way, and we like to talk about the fun and fantasy of Halloween. So um, what I would like to do is split the season in two, and we have a lot of at-home activities that occur well before trick-or-treat night. As I said, movie night, decorating all those, those are driving incredible gains earlier in the season. But as you get later in the season, it really becomes about maybe some of the more social aspects which are with friends, neighbors, et cetera. And so what we're finding is um, the consumer has an incredible love for the season. And they're now finding ways there. You can see through search data and everything else, they're looking for safety, but they're also looking for fun, creative ways to celebrate. And that's what really gives us confidence in the end of the season is that the consumer passion for it is going to either allow them to celebrate the way they normally do, but safely with a mass socially distance, or they're going to find new and innovative ways like scavenger hunts in your backyard. Mm-hmm. So your question around what we're doing that's a little bit different, we've changed a little bit of our marketing mix. So we're Mm -hmm. Uh, really dialed up some of the competitive, um, some of the content aspects for the early and mid uh, season, where we're dialing into family movie night, as I said, or baking to really drive some of that engagement. And near the end of the season, we've been partnering um, with other Halloween specific retailers, the Halloween mm -hmm. Association, as an example, and Harvard Health, to create a full map of the country that outlines risk profiles, and mm-hmm. then based on the risk profile down to the to the township level, um, you can define what are the many safe ways that you can celebrate the end of the season. Where so, traditional- what
2: is what is risk defined by? How many people have COVID in that particular area?
0: It, it's That's it's COVID, and it's also the the, the um, percentage of cases, but also the direction that the cases are moving in, and That's so. Interesting. Uh, what you what you'll find now is is only about 10 or 15% of the country is in the red zone. The vast majority of the country is is what we would call yellow. And so, um, and this information can be found at Halloween 20 uh, Halloween2020.org that we're talking about. But the nice thing about it is, you know, if you're in an area that's red, obviously everybody's being cautious. You may be in a green area, but for certain personal reasons, you need to be cautious. So what I love about the map and the information. Is it gives helpful uh, direction on the many ways you could celebrate and not have to forego the season. Interesting. Well,
2: one thing that should be true about Halloween is it's outside. The trick or treating, at least, is outside. And if you keep social distance, it seems like we're allowed to be outside and far away from people. I mean, so.
0: Correct. And then that, you know, once again, and done safely, there, there's just like now we're going to restaurants and doing a lot of other activities. If done safely, there, there's a lot of things you can still do. Listeners, if you're just
1: joining us, we are speaking with Alex Corcoran, Senior Marketing Director, Seasons, Partnerships, and Occasions at the Hershey Company. Now, Alex, I wanna ask you something because this is interesting. You you piqued my interest because Barbara always preaches to me, America, she gotta use the data. And this is interesting because she always telling me, she's telling me, Alex, data is the new oil, all of these wonderful things. <laughs> And I I find this really intriguing, the fact that you would look at the COVID data and adjust to the the COVID data. Can you give us a specific example of how you would segment based on that so that if you saw red or yellow or green, can you give an example of what specifically you would do in the marketing mix that would be different in the green area versus the red area versus the yellow
0: area? Yeah, a lot of it comes down to our ability to be agile from a media content perspective. So knowing that an area is uh, in a certain direction uh you know it'd be irresponsible for us to be sending messaging that was maybe not consistent with with safety and so in a red area um we might be sending um you know having digital content that is really around a backyard celebration or a scavenger hunt where in another location uh where it's you know slightly different it, it could be more traditional trick or treat with mask or somebody picking up a bag at the end of the driveway that's pre-packaged. Um, so we're able to use um, data in ways, quite frankly, that we never have. Uh, the amount of new things that we're doing to try to get um, real-time market data has been fascinating, and it's actually, I think, a, a real benefit for our future efforts when we're in the non-COVID
2: environment. Interesting. That's pretty cool. So how has things like Instagram and all of that affected what you, how you market?
0: Mm. Well, I, th- I think in general, the the greatest thing about seasons is that you have incredibly high household penetration. So our category, um, it, you know, our category spikes in seasonal time periods as you have light users come in, and that's because so many people celebrate. And the reason I bring that up is the passion that that consumers have for these seasons just lights up across social media mm-hmm. in so many different ways. And quite frankly, that word of mouth and the viral element of creative ideas or costume ideas, and all those things really driven by the consumer are one of the things that really drive the season year over year, well beyond any of the marketing efforts that we have.
2: Given, you know, the fact that there's so many changes here, uh, do you are you coming up with, like, more innovation. I mean, and I, I don't. I'm, you're talking about innovation, but I mean, like new candy ideas, or their mm. new product introductions, or, or yes. keep, just in general, is there like hold back because we there's so much uncertainty? Mm.
0: No. So, so the good thing. I mean, as the leader in the category, we're you know high 30s share in the category, and we have uh, you know two, three of the top five brands with assortments, Reese and Kit Kat. Innovation is a critical part of of the way we go to market, and in fact, in in Halloween, we know. 21% of, ho- of, of Halloween celebrators like to try something new. So mm. they traditional, but they want something new. Mm-hmm. So a really important part of our marketing plan is innovation. And as I said, we communicated a year out, and we had an incredible innovation plan. We had vampire kisses. Uh, we have witch's brew, which is a green Kit Kat with a marshmallow cream. Oh. Hershey's fangs, and we have oh. Reese's Franken cup. And so, <laughs> You're one,
2: drool. You know, I want to all of that.
0: <laughs> so it's it, you know, and, and from a marketing perspective, I think one thing that's really interesting is innovation plays a role. These consumers love these brands, and so it's really easy to for an extra two to three dollars to try your favorite brand in a different way. But what is interesting is while this product went out at the beginning of August, we've had um, the best success with earned media, where the last time I looked, two weeks ago, we were over nine billion impressions. Mm up because I think with where we are in the world right now, the idea that there's a feel good story about Mm -hmm. something that we love, it's the politics and COVID, Mm -hmm. the news media has just latched on and because they want to have great stories that are fun. And so we're thrilled that we have some of the best innovation in the category and it's getting incredible pickup media wise, but more importantly in store, these products are well ahead of, of where the rest of uh, our products are. Let me ask you this, Alex. I want to follow up
1: on this because it's—I love Barbara's point about pointing to the innovation. So let's imagine you do one of these really cool, you know, Franken cup. You know, what was the Kit Kat one you mentioned? Because that just kicked my Kit Kat witches brew.
2: Oh, I love that! I love
1: that. So let's (laughs) let's imagine let's imagine that launches for the Halloween season, Alex, and it just goes crazy. People love it. Will you try to bring it back, or will it be like this? I mean, does the process work like? test, retest, and we learn, and then we kind of incorporate the new innovation hits
0: into what we're doing, or how does that work? And and, and I, I, I lost about 10 seconds of your question, but I think, did, would we bring it to the everyday business, or would we bring it back the next year? And I apologize. Bring,
1: no worries. Would you bring it to the everyday business, like a test and learn model where you're optimizing innovations and you're, and you're refining and bringing them back into yep.
0: the main business? see the the, most of the items we do here are so seasonally relevant that Mm -hmm. you you would would likely not do that because it wouldn't make sense but we have a old example of a cherry cordial kiss that lit the world on fire Mm -hmm. decided we're going to bring it every day and one year later it was about five percent of what it was when it was made exclusively so think of uh you know think of any of these items candy cane kisses is a great example for us that people love these products. Reese's eggs at Easter. Mm-hmm. Have them available one time a year actually creates a lot of buzz before the season, mm-hmm. allows them to maintain and, uh, themselves as very healthy parts of the portfolio. So we typically don't Interesting. do that. Interesting. Interesting. Oh, it's I hate also a- it
2: about it too, because when there's something that I love that comes out in the holiday and then it goes away... I mean- it, But, but yeah. there, it's,
1: a, it's a scarcity point though, right, Barbara? Uh, no, but and it so- breaks
2: my heart. I just-
1: <laughs> 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 but you want it, you want it even more. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so uh, it was interesting that peeps, you know, announced that they weren't going to pro- Did you guys have any reaction to peeps saying that? I was surprised by that.
0: Well, I think the one, the one thing that we were very fortunate about um, was that our supply chain through COVID was able to operate and continue to operate safely and still provide all the product that our customers had purchased. In fact, we were able to offset some gaps where other manufacturers could not deliver. So I think in the case of, of some- Oh, we might've lost him
1: like we lost the uh, the Reese's eggs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I
2: hope he comes back. It uh, sounds
1: like though, just to, to you know continue this conversation with you while we try to get him back, uh, that, you know, part of this, and I don't know if, if you know anything about this with respect to the retail environment, but like at some point the the ability to to continue innovating in a way that's creative must become really hard, especially in these kinds of categories where- it's Yeah, a,
2: but you know, that's why you got creative people on earth, you know, like they come up with the newest ideas or they recycle old ideas in a crazy new way. uh uh-huh. um, I, that's you know the American initiative. That's like that the creative. How yeah. do they come up with new songs and new music all that's the time? Fair. Hasn't everything been played before?
1: That's fair. That's actually no. a good point. Right. That's,
0: that's. I would it. I would tell you when you're dealing with brands like Kisses and Reese's and Kit Kat, and we're dealing in a category that's a lot like this. We have uh, we have no problem coming up year after year with incredible innovation. So, uh, you know, that and it, it's part of the fun of this business, quite frankly, that you can mm-hmm. ideate and immediately launch. And then at the end of a season, you get to evaluate and figure out where you go next.
1: Mm-hmm. Let me so, ask you this, Alex. What, what is it? What do you think is the uh, what would you point to in the next three to five years? Things that are like perhaps not obvious things that you're keeping an eye on. I mean, we know COVID and the pandemic are on top of us, but really quickly, because we got about a minute left. What what are some things that you that are like the big the big issues the big critical things that not only for in your space but more generally for the business that you're 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 keeping an eye on?
0: Well, I mean, we we're constantly looking at trends in the marketplace and understanding what trends like better for you and premium and some of these other trends are affecting the space that I compete in. Um, and so those are constant things that we try to innovate against. Um, what I'm really focused on is understanding um, the consumer usage occasions and where we have an opportunity to really expand our portfolio with our brands, be it, you know, do-it-yourself is an area that's incredibly strong. And, um, you know, gifting is just such an area where people want core brands to be able to gift. So I'm more focused on understanding the consumer occasion and our gaps, and then trying to fill that. But of course, we look at the big picture in the category to see if that gives us any indicators of where we might want to fish
2: Oh, that sounds great. Well, Alex, thank you so much for joining us today and bringing a little bit of fun into our lives and telling us Halloween is not dead, but thriving with brand new products. Thank you so much for joining us.
0: Great. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
2: And can you tell us again where our listeners can go to keep up with all the great stuff you were talking about, that new map you said on safety for trick-or-treating and maybe some of the new innovation you guys have?
0: Sure, so you can um, halloween2020.org is one one place where you will find um, the map and some of the ideas and the halloween um, sorry, the happiness hub um, is the other opportunity area where you can come in and see some great ideas from the Hershey company on do it yourself and some of the other ways and it might be the Hershey happiness hub. So apologies I didn't have that handy. <laughs>
2: But we're uh, and Google experts, we'll figure it out. <laughs>
0: and otherwise, hit a retailer near you uh, or order directly, click and collect online, and everything that you want is at your fingertips to enjoy the season safely.
2: Well, thank you so much. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play.